and welcome to the About Sex Podcast. I'm Joshua Skirtu. With me, as always, is my lovely wife, Angela Skirtu. Who are you? Hello. I'm Hi. a licensed marriage therapist in the state of Missouri, and I'm an ASEC certified sex therapist. Cool. And who Woo. do we have today? We have Lisa. This Lisa. is her uh, anonymous name, so she's it's not anonymous. really her. Yeah. <laughs> but she's going to talk to us about her life. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. Hey. How are you doing? I'm great. Good. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about a lot of stuff, right? Like yeah. hypersexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to come on the show? <laughs> okay. Um, I just kind of wanted to share uh, some of the things that I've been going through as uh, a woman in her, her early 30s, just kind of... Um, talk about the my sex life and different mm-hmm. issues that may pop up that other women may possibly identify with mm-hmm. and um well so what are some of those issues that pop um, up in the, a woman's so, sex life <laughs> so you're married yeah i'm mar- been married for eight years together for 15 years That's awesome. and um our sex life started out amazing and it, you know we uh you know i was bisexual when we met mm-hmm. and uh, were you guys monogamous at first or did you start polyamorous um and would you identify as that either by the way mm-hmm. well <laughs> lots of questions yeah. mid-sentence okay. ask another <laughs> so we started out um just being monogamous and yeah. you know i've always you know been interested in in women and so we'd incorporate women into our our playtime and mm-hmm. we eventually um graduated to like uh couples same room and then swapping yeah and um so that was we you know maybe once or twice a year it yeah. wasn't a regular it's not thing. like every not night like every month or you're like on the dating website no, no no no, no. <laughs> okay, and just a little way to shake it up once or twice a year yeah okay. and as we've gotten older uh it's been more challenging to find uh open-minded adults that aren't crazy <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that aren't you know that like drama that, they don't bring in drama the drama and just just being weird people that yeah. just aren't on the level yeah. so um but we've we've had some successes and um that hasn't happened in a while mm-hmm. um how do you define whether somebody is mature or crazy <laughs> um they you you go to dinner with them first and you feel them out you have to meet them first and we we never just meet up and and have sex. We yeah usually have an evening, and if we we like each other, then that's uh, then we go back to a house and you know just have fun. It's have fun, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, and if not, we just be if like, not, you're just like we're gonna call it a night. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. No, thank you. You yeah. guys are cry cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've we've had a couple uh, interesting interesting folks. Yeah. So what's the most interesting? Um, just. <laughs> They were a couple, and we went over to um, to hang out, just to kind of hang out. And um, the the girlfriend just left to go on another date, and we were just like, "Why well, we thought we were hanging out with us?" And so she just she just we, left, just left, and was like, "I'm," you know. And he was okay with it. We were just, you know. That kind of throws you off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, wait, so you had a second date planned just in case this one didn't work out? Or? I don't know. <laughs> but other than Who that, knows what goes through their head? Other, <laughs> other than that, it's been been a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, but just hasn't been happening uh, recently in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's getting older. He's he's a, a, a good portion older than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, 
How, so how much? Um, eight years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which isn't too bad. It's not no. terrible. About the same emotional level. Yeah. But yeah, because uh, men are a lot more immature. Yeah, <laughs> men are babies. <laughs> I'm just I'm not a baby. Not. I'm a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Is there um is there a reason other than like aging for why it kind of uh, died down over the last couple of years? Yeah. Um. I I have always been kind of um real high sex drive, and mm-hmm. so even before we got married, I would you know, seek out other sex partners, even mm-hmm. when we were together. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at first you were more monogamous? Uh, for about a year. Yeah. And then... And during was, that time you were seeking out other partners and you didn't know Yeah, I mean, it. I was I was still in college and yeah. I wasn't... I was young when we met and so I wasn't done, yeah. you know... Sowing your wild oats <laughs> is what we call it. That's, you know... <laughs> and, um, and he understood that. Um, mm-hmm. But... It got to the point where I was hiding it, and he was finding out, and yeah. there was a lot of resentment, and then, you know, I... Then you don't trust each other in general. Well, yeah. I, you know, I don't care if he, he steps out, you know? It's just, I have no place, no room to say, but I've also um, had infidelities while, while we've been married, and mm-hmm. so that has, um, even up until about two years ago, and so that kind of limits the intimacy, mm-hmm. and... Um, also I've had alcoholism issues, went to rehab this summer. Yeah. And so he was, How was that? Uh, uh, it was, it was really was helpful. Was it in, inpatient? No, outpatient. Outpatient. Okay. And, uh, it was really helpful. Yeah. But there's a, I mean, I, I wrecked my car, I almost died, you know, oh, no. just really stressful on him to where he couldn't really trust me to not hide alcohol. And so he's, he basically told me that, um, I just, I just don't really feel int- intimate with you so much anymore. Yeah. And it's going to take some time for that to build back up. When you was know. this? Um, well, over the summer this. rehab. Okay. And then just August hit and I was like, hey, I'm still horny. Let's, let's, let's keep it going. You know, the, mm-hmm. I was really hyper-sexualized um, last year. I was like thinking about sex all the time and I was constantly nagging mm-hmm. him to, you know, have sex with me several times a week and yeah it was just too much for him and that caused me to step out and yeah can i ask you so you mentioned like infidelity and and i think that that might confuse some of our audience members because poly people do have sex with other people so how in a polyamorous relationship so when is you, an infidelity defined so when you say step out does that mean you cheated and didn't yeah, tell cheated, him about it cheated. okay Basically, i don't like the word cheated but yeah that's sure. what it is sure. um okay. and it's so the difference is knowledge, like right. you know ahead of time versus so you have like you find an, out after the fact. Right. You have like a set of rules you guys generally right. We, set up. And I just, you know, he, we both have to have the final say mm-hmm. in what, he, what each other does. And I'm, I'm very, at the time I was very manic and um, as bipolar person, you know, I go through these cycles and yeah. I was a little bit in this delusion that... I have these sexual needs. I deserve to have these needs met. If you can't do that, then I'm going to find it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Kind of attitude. And yeah. so that's that's what I end up doing. And yeah. I'm kind of, that cycle is starting to come back a little bit. And yeah. I don't want to Because keep... it's fall. Why is Why? that? <laughs> well, we were talking about this the other day. I think a lot of people get more sunshine in the summer. And then when you start to get into the fall, even though it's still kind of nice out, people still avoid the outdoors. So you're not getting as much sun. That might be part of it. This These weather's changing. <laughs> like the weather changes. Like I noticed last week or the week before, 
when all of a sudden the weather was like cloudy and overcast, everybody was acting mm-hmm. crazy. It wasn't just us. Yeah. <laughs> well, and anytime the weather changes, he always reminds me like, Angela, your clients are going to have um, worse problems this week. And almost yeah. every time I yeah. like everybody will come really in do. and they'll be like, oh, it's been the worst day. Oh, I want to give yeah. up on everything. And people like, really don't understand it. how it's usually weather. It's I mean, not that people don't have problems every day. Like right. sure. I'm always dealing with problems. Oh, but yeah. Like they do significantly, significantly increase anytime the weather transitions mm-hmm. either way. Yeah. Um, and, summer, and that's anecdotal. Evidence, well, it's anecdotal. Yeah, we can't say like that. But we do know but that, we do know people, that are people's by moods vitamin, are affected by the by weather the and sun yeah. and how mm-hmm. much vitamin D they're getting. So there yeah. is research on that piece. Sure. But so um, so you mentioned being bipolar. Do you know if you're bipolar 1 or bipolar 2? I think bipolar 1, uh, just okay. um, being extreme highs, extreme lows. Okay. Um, is bipolar the one with Bipolar 1 is the one with the very... Well, they don't always come no, with hallucinations, but it is the higher one. So the higher, the higher high is intensity. the lower lows. Bipolar 2 comes with hypomania, so you get really artsy and like happy, but it's not <laughs> right. quite like behavior changes. Usually yeah. behavior changes will happen in like a full manic episode in bipolar 1. Yeah. Um, where you're like, you know, you describe kind of um, delusions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in acting on them so i would yeah. say that's more on that so like what's it like i mean what's it like having that so what's diagnosis? it like when that happens like yeah. you have a little bit of it so you feel like your needs aren't being met and you have this like this need this need, urge and and, it, and you feel like entitled to do whatever no matter what cost to satisfy the beast yeah and and it doesn't I'm, matter I'm, who you hurt kind of when you're in that no, mode because it's about me and my needs and mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm i'm kind of falling into that i i, I noticed some of the feelings and the behavior patterns are falling back into that. Yeah. And it's terrifying well, because yeah. I don't know how many more chances I'm going to get with my husband. Yeah. Um, but he, he you underst- talk to him about it when you're starting to feel it. Yeah. Okay. And, That's and, a okay. good start. That's but we, what we fight about sex <clears throat> because I want it more often than him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's always one partner that does. Yeah. No matter what. And it's not a gender Hi. thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. It's not necessarily a gender thing. No, you know? it's no. Well, it's funny too because people are like, "You're a sex therapist. You must watch sex all the time." But he's a higher desire person in our relationship. But to be fair, everybody, every relationship has a higher desire partner and a lower desire yeah. partner, mm-hmm. and like where um, issues come up is in how you come up with compromises around mm-hmm. it, and like still try to be there for each other. Yeah. yeah. So continue though. So it's kind of difficult when that we, we stuff fight. Comes out. You know, I'll I'll be you know rubbing on him, and he'll be he'll straight up said this. You know, just the other day, like, I'm not having sex with you tonight. I'm just, you know, it's just not happening. And I went into a manic episode and just went upstairs and cried and cried and cried. Hmm. And it was, it was, you know, a little bit of rejection. You feel really rejected. And like, why isn't my husband fulfilling my needs? And he talked to me because he's kind of in in a psychology field and he knows 15 years of being with a, a bipolar manic uh, woman he's mm-hmm. he's seen my cycles and so he's like you you don't want to make love you just want to have sex and get your physical needs met mm-hmm. and it's about a physical it's about getting a fix you quit drinking alcohol where you got a fix and so now you're back into this maybe you need a you need another fix another something to make you feel good right. another high euphoria that next high yeah and it's 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 frustrating and yeah well it's also hard if you're uh, married to somebody who is in the field of psychology, 
Oh, yeah. Because then they try to therapy you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, don't use and those therapy tools that on That 100% me. Right. is a rule in our marriage is that she's not allowed yeah. to therape me. That's what I call it. Uh-huh. Use therapy on me. There's right. some weirdness in it, but like I always yeah. describe this to other therapists. I say there's Angela the therapist and there's Angela the wife. Mm-hmm. And I really have tried to create two different right. separate personalities. Not that I'm like because, a split personality disorder. It's because, just they're different hats. No, and the reason is because <laughs> when you're in a relationship with somebody... You want to be on equal footing with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, you're, like when you're a healthcare provider or therapist, mm-hmm. it's a one-down situation. Yep. They are working with you. It's a power dynamic that mm-hmm. doesn't turn out good because people feel controlled and mm-hmm. rejected and pushed around just because they have a degree in psychology or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's our rule in our in our marriage. Is I like, think that they should be trained in, in doing that. Like, really, no, you're not going to use your skills on your partner. You've got to mm-hmm. develop a separate set of, like, right. here's how I handle she situations. She sneaks them in. She sneaks it in a little bit. Yeah. She's like, oh, have you tried this therapy? I'm still by myself. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm still myself, right? Sure. But, like, yeah. you can call me out, and it's okay. But she's going to talk about her work. It's going to I talk about my work well, all yeah. the time. Yeah. But so anyhow, um, like, so how have you, have you guys ever gone to like therapy to work through some of that stuff or? I've been to, you know, in therapy for years and years and years. Um, He's only seen a therapist twice and that was at a desperate request. I see. And the therapist that he wants to see is quite expensive. He's only gone twice. Mm. And it seemed disproportionate that I go one to two times a month and he has only gone twice ever. Yeah. Um, so it just, it seems like I'm the one with the sexual problem and. Well, if you have a sexual problem, it's both people's problem. Really. Yeah. We always say like, that it is both people's and, problems. And she's, she's a marriage therapist. So she sees every client like a family. Like it's always a fi- family dynamic. It's hard because you're both Nobody's trying to have bubble. sex, right? But like, I feel like. I mean, are we okay still? <laughs> oh, yeah. sure we're okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I feel like sometimes when somebody has a mental illness, they get unfairly put in a position, like, where you're the problem and mm-hmm. you need to fix yourself. Right. Which, it's not to say that you don't have things to work on. Sure. Obviously, with bipolar, there are things to work on, but it mm-hmm. makes an unfair dynamic because sometimes when there is couple stuff, it's like, it's now easy, what do we do? It's easy to point the finger. It's at, easy to point the finger at you, right. but, yeah, there's like a piece that. that the other person <laughs> plays. Oh, yeah, this isn't uncomfortable, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. How dare oh, you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just <silly>. saying. <laughs> um, but so, anyhow, uh, okay, so, like, do you feel like you guys have uh, worked through those things well? Or are you still struggling with it? What's we it defi- like? definitely still struggling. Um, I mean, I, I have... Uh, my dildo. Can I say that dildo? Yeah. You're okay. Like, okay. Dildo. Oh. <laughs> um, and it has a little suction cup on it, and I'll I, I usually masturbate every single night, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes he'll he'll deny me, and instead of just washing it and put it away, he has a suction cup, and I'll just stick it on the bathroom mirror, so that it'd be like. Look what you missed out on. That's what you get. <laughs> that could have been you. Right. <laughs> you could be stapled to the mirror. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but that, it, it's a little, um, little kind of a mean way of... of yeah. Of, it's and, like sniping yeah. a little bit. You gotta... And... That's I a dangerous wanna, road to go down in any relationship. I don't want to be that way. Yeah. But it's... I am still learning how to. Yeah, you know, I'm. am t- seeing my psychiatrist next week mm-hmm. at, to try to adjust some meds. Um, not drinking alcohol anymore has changed my chemistry. I'm sure, mm-hmm. and so the medicine that I'm on may change. And I did. You know, I even was talking to my gynecologist about this this high sex drive, mm-hmm. and she said, 
and, and I've been told by two different gynecologists at two different occasions. Yeah. Basically, I deal with women who have the exact opposite issue as you. Uh-huh. So enjoy it. I well, can, or... so that's unfair because your doctors do need to listen to you. I have a nurse friend that said she gives people Prozac and it knocks their desire right out. <laughs> yeah, but then you don't have a but sex drive. But you do want to have a sex drive. I'm just saying. You like, don't want to feel it's like a, a zombie. It's a problem for people. And if you want your desire to go down, you need options. You can't just have somebody say, just deal with it. You're fine. Like, it feels very invalidating. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was starting to affect my job yeah. to where I was on my phone looking up you know, different websites to meet up and mm-hmm. While at work? What? At work? I mean, yeah, during, during like... Breaks and da- stuff. Breaks and stuff. And, but also physically, I was, you know, getting getting wet more and just it was... I could physically feel myself being aroused oh, wow. while at work and it was miserable. That's distracting. How long yeah. is it... How much is it happening? It's starting to creep up, um, but it lasted about a year, about a year ago. Okay. And... uh my psychiatrist basically considered it like a manic episode because my hormone levels were fine. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm like, that last, uh, yeah, it could last a year. He's like, yeah. A manic episode that lasted an entire year. Well, I mean, that was his. That's intense. You must have gotten a lot done that year. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it's not always the no, case I know, with bipolar I know. one. Bipolar I understand. two, you can be a little more productive, but bipolar one, it actually gets in the way. So what is it like being in a manic episode? Can you it, explain you that a little feel bit? out of control like you're gonna go crazy that you're never gonna get better and that you're constant you know i've i've told my husband that i feel sorry for him for being with me um i i I feel bad for him for having to put up with this um the you know i've and and i'll say this i've been a a cutter since i was seven years old even to this day up until a week ago oh wow and um it's it's just a coping mechanism, and, and I know it's really messed up. Um, why I've, do you do it? Why? Yeah. To make the manic stop. Yeah. Does, Does it, it work? Stop it. It works like a charm, and that's uh. why I've been doing it for. <laughs> really. God, how many years? Twenty eight years. Well, doesn't it create its own high? Yeah. It. Your body releases endorphins. It makes when you the cut. pain stop. It. It, it does something when I am just so consumed and my face is red and my, my eyes are swollen and I just can't stop crying and I'm just feeling out of control. So it's emotional pain. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, and it doesn't even, it you don't feel anything because you're so out of Charged. control. Yeah. Huh. And I mean, I, I've had to get tattoos to cover these scars and I still have scars. And, you know, when my husband has sex with me and, you know, I, I hide them, but then when he has sex with me and sees me naked, it really turns him off because he's oh. like, oh, again and he hates it hates it yeah he doesn't want to see you hurt yeah Yeah. so probably scares him have you thought of trying to find like alternate ways of getting that same release i've been trying for years (laughs) it's hard yeah to when have you tried spanking yeah i was gonna say the kink community um a lot of people so like a lot of people who are drawn to the kink community have that thing you're describing where they almost need like a reset. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned spanking, but like that is one of my clients who recently was talking about that same thing. They used spanking like dominance as yeah. a way to like cause that reset. And it was very healing for both of them. But again, it's it involves similar boundaries, talks mm-hmm. like the poly stuff. But there's pain associated with it in a right. similar way, like when you're cutting. But it won't leave cuts. You know? Please leave remind cuts. me of that because that's a really <laughs> Don't forget good to spank. Uh, if you spank I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know what research has been done on spanking. I'm just, throwing, I'm just talking oh, about the yeah. anecdotal stuff. But yeah. a lot of my clients who are drawn into kink, not all of them, 
but a lot of them have had that sense of they need a restart, like a reset. Mm -hmm. And the spanking allows them to go into this place called subspace. And it feels like that reset. It's a high, but one that feels controlled. They do say there's a crash afterwards, but then they reset to normal. So hmm. it's just to be aware of. Interesting. <laughs> oh, this is, but again, anecdotal. I haven't heard like big numbers, but I talk to enough people in my office that I learn a lot of weird stuff. Nice. Yeah. You know, but so interesting. Okay. Um, hold on. What were, we're talking about open stuff. We're talking about infidelity. Well, uh, manic. Manic are we talking stuff. about bipolar? That's what I'm trying. I was yeah. trying to retract manic. back. So, like, um, what is it? Yeah, you were saying, what's it like? What's being it like in being in that manic phase? episode? Just, like, just complete out of control. Yeah. And and what does that mean? Like, you'll do things that you wouldn't normally do, like when you're out of a manic just, phase. Um, yeah, uh, just being wanting to be alone and yet mm-hmm. wanting wanting comfort. someone. Yeah, yeah, and just constant crying and scenarios going over and over and over again in your head and just having oh, so you'll get like anxiety with it yeah and yeah. De- and you know delusional thinking yeah. and irrational you know, uh, yeah and just really talk the situation out of proportion mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. myself i have a my therapist gave you know gave me an idea to get this barbie doll and to say nice things to it and that barbie doll represents me and so i put a little tag on her chest right by my bed and i read that to mm-hmm. that Barbie doll every morning mm-hmm. telling myself positive things about myself and mm-hmm. that you're a good person, that you do good work, mm-hmm. that yeah. you are an okay, that you are okay. Yeah. Mm. Does it help? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> it's, it's been about a month, but uh, yeah. maybe so, you know, somewhere in my brain it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's maybe. meant to give you some distance from it, I think, you know, yeah. so it's like you're talking to yourself. You're comforting afar, yourself pretty much. You know, yeah. like some that's why people try to work with humor, too, because humor has a way of making you somewhat distance from a situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm guessing that's what and, it's about. <laughs> yeah. And you were talking about a training you were at at the conference this week. Like you were. Yeah. The EMDR yeah. Oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, no. So it was a mindfulness, mindfulness. training th- at the conference. And, and it's the same principle is that like when people are in it, it's like you're in it like Mm -hmm. you're living it and you can't separate but if you can find way to get a distance from it then it feels like you can actually control it or be a little more so you're trying to get distance from Mm -hmm. those thoughts yeah that kind of being stuck in your own head Mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah like so like we were were talking about emdr where they use like they'll use like touch they'll get you to touch the outside Uh of your arm or Mm -hmm. Or like like vibrating things or yeah like rounding exercises so like for people with trauma um Mm -hmm. they literally are remembering the memory and they're in it like it's Mm -hmm. like they go to a place they're locked into a space and they feel it all over their body and so what we're trying to do is distance it from them so that they're not reliving it but they're actually like like seeing it or describing it from afar and the more distant the memory becomes the less it controls them yeah that's interesting Um, i've heard about that in rehab too oh yeah you have Mm -hmm. i am curious about how rehab was too i mean i've never had somebody tell me well i was um working in the summer and so i i couldn't do inpatient Mm -hmm. and it took me a month to find a place that would work with my insurance that wasn't um aa affiliated because i had been to aa several times i've Mm -hmm. been struggling with alcohol for a long time Mm -hmm. um what came to a head was i was in the hospital went into anaphylactic shock because i was drinking on my anti-alcohol meds oh i also wrecked my car wait the anti-alcohol meds yeah what happens with that I, I drank on it uh-huh. and um, they have a reaction with alcohol yeah that can kill you uh it can kill you it's pretty bad and they that's not a me. good pill uh, 
I don't, I mean, after oh the big scare with my husband and he's like, I never want to go through that with you again. Yeah. And he would find bottles and all that. I went to rehab. It was really great because they, they gave it a, a three-pronged approach. Mm-hmm. They gave you, a, they worked, gave you meds to like subside cravings. They did education where you learned about um, anger management and stress management. And then yeah. they'd put you into small groups to talk about <laughs> your specific um, substance abuse mm-hmm. and specific things. So I liked that, but I ended up getting kicked out the last two days before my program was complete hmm. because, you know, I tried to, to what I do for a living. I tried to um, aid them in, um, in educating us. So uh, me and my big mouth uh, offended people and <laughs> <laughs> just got kicked out. It was, it was, it was miserable oh, and I relapsed sucks. and, Oh, I mean, I'm 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 fine now, but now, but I, I learned a lot of really great tools. I have this notebook that has all kinds of drawings and sayings and oh, mantras. That's good. So I keep that with me. So I think rehab was a good thing. So you got something out of it, even yeah. though it was a bad ending. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they say we learn through failure. <laughs> yeah. They say they failed. <laughs> they failed. They, and they even you know apologized. I'm we're sorry we failed you. I'm like you're the one who's kicked me out and won't let me go to um, yeah aftercare. So yeah. Oh, they didn't even set you up for aftercare. Nope, they kicked me out of the entire program. Yeah. Oh, I've been good. kicked out of belly dance class. I got kicked out of the Navy. I'm, <laughs> you know. How'd you get kicked out of belly dance class? <laughs> um, I don't work well with other women, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very goal-oriented, and so uh, I have two master's degrees. I, I, you know, yeah. I work hard, and I feel like I deserve some kind of accolade at the end. And I worked really hard in, in these these classes, and I never was promoted to the the higher level and mm-hmm. I made a big stink about it and I was let go. So oh, that's too bad. Well, all right. Big well. big mouth, big big head. There's other instructors out there. Yeah, you there's plenty of belly dance stuff around. Yeah, but they but... all know each other and they all talk to each other. So oh, really <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> okay. So you wanted to talk about PMS, was that a topic or what were the that's great. No. I don't have PMS. I you love know. So yeah, you were talking about that before, actually. Oh, IUD. So you have an IUD. Love you said you money. haven't had to have a period in how long? Um, six years. Six years. Had the ID for seven. Six years, not a period. I love my IUD. Yeah. And I, you know, I've had women had, you know, a woman at work had one lodged in her her insides and had to have mm-hmm. it surgically removed oh, and. Yeah. So I went to the gynecologist a couple weeks later. I'm like, make sure it's in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's fine. I've had a really good experience with it. But yeah. I know, so, you know, some people haven't. So it's it's roll of the dice. I did the um, Nuvo ring and that I, I bled for six months. Mm. I couldn't oh. get periods regulated. Mm. So, mm. you know, each person's chemistry is different. Yeah, you have mm. to try different things. <laughs> That's tough. But they said one of the side effects of the marina, the uh, IUD, is potential early menopause. And so that's where um, mm-hmm. some of the hot flashes that that were happening mm-hmm. um, a while ago, I thought, yeah. was coming from that. Yeah. Do you think it intensifies your bipolar? The, the IUD? Yeah. No, Because you said it can make you have early menopause. Yeah. I... I don't want to have children, so I just hope it, you know, menopause comes early and I can just be done with it. Just get, be done. Yeah. Yeah. Just get this over with and live <laughs> have kids. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Well, is there any other things we wanted to cover? Or? Yeah, I think. I mean, like, you're a very interesting person. You're so. like, what else do we <laughs> want to talk about? We got to talk about everything. So, <laughs> we you listed on here your favorite porn sites. Tell us oh, about yeah, that. Oh yeah, tell us about your porn sites. So I don't actually know many women who say they actively yeah, regularly true. watch porn. Almost every night. Every night. Just every being night. having such a high sex drive mm-hmm. and just not having a partner that can fulfill everything you know all of my needs mm-hmm. um i mean i've been watching porn since i was you know in middle school when i found my dad's playboys right. you know and masturbating mm-hmm. to that <laughs> and just always been very interested and i find women's bodies beautiful i find penises very erotic so mm-hmm. i just i think i think it's hot and yeah. i can come I, I can climax like three or four times on my own wow just and watching I, porn <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, with physical stimulation, sure. but it sure. it's it's amazing, and it helps me sleep. <laughs> it it's a major tension release, yeah. um, and I, I get embarrassed when my husband is in the same room, though. I think it's, most people do. It's yeah. a secret because some of the stuff I watch is very unusual. What are like? your favorite kinds of porn? That's what I was interested. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I like gay man porn because Ooh. there's two penises involved. Well, two penises. Why wouldn't that be a good situation? I, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like orgy sex where yeah. the woman is being, you know, dominated, you know, a group of men because there's, you know, eight penises in her face. And yeah. I pride myself on being able to fit two penises in my mouth at once. Oh, wow. That's a, you know, a badge of honor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I definitely can't say that. <laughs> but these websites are, are wonderful. You're welcome to, to post them. They're free, and there's yeah, so many wrote, different categories. You listed XNXX.com and Pornhub.com. I think yeah. most people know Pornhub. Yeah. It's a pretty big one. They're, yeah. they're free, and there's lots of different categories. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, like, mess up your phone. Mm-hmm. They're... You get a, a variety of lengths, and you can just fast forward through the good part, and mm-hmm. you know, let it go. Just watch your phone when you're done. Yeah. So you're not watching them for the storyline. No. <laughs> no. They're talking and they're slowly stripping off. I'm like, ah, yeah, just get like, to the. Shut good up! Stuff. Just get to the banging. <laughs> uh. What's funny about that? So we we had a conversation before you came, and he's like, "You don't even like porn that much." So like, I'm very much a I I don't have a pro or con to it. I don't like people to feel like. Porn is a terrible thing because it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. like people watch it. Some people do. Some people don't. Yeah. But it's funny because he was like, I don't think there are many women that really like porn. And so he was like, she's an anomaly. Because first... even me, the one who's like supposed to advocate, I'm still like, ugh, hey, porn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not a fan. It's true. I mean, that's just Angela, not yeah. the sex therapist who's going to be like, no, it's not going to kill you or right. make your hair grow on your hands or right. something. <laughs> My hands are palm. Like, that's an old myth that you'll get like hair on your palms palm, in your yeah. hand if you masturbate. Yeah. That's not really going to happen. No, so you it's guys more know. of a joke. So that yeah. the guys who will look, they'll be like, ha ha, you masturbated. Yeah, masturbated. <laughs> so, yeah, of course. Well, that's teenagers. Everybody masturbates. Or everybody should. That I do advocate for. <laughs> so, talking about uh, bipolar, so you talked a little bit about the manic face. What about the other side of it? So, do you get the depressive side? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, some, it, it, it maybe happens once a year mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, the past maybe 10 years. To where I will just, it, something will trigger it. Something completely silly. Mm-hmm. Like my my mother, you know, buying my sister a condo. And I'm like, it took, you know, I took it as a slight. And I just, I slept. I would drink a whole bunch of cold medicine and just sleep for days. Oh, no. And 
just there nothing could bring me out of the funk yeah. and my husband tried you know the dog and i just wanted to sleep and just leave because yeah. it just you just shut down pretty much yeah and i don't know how to it, you i don't know how to come out of it mm-hmm. and a lot of times it takes you know a friend or mm-hmm. a project or, yeah get you into so- doing something yeah. Yeah. yeah or guilt that you know i'm you know missing out on my life yeah i hate oh. missing parts of my life because yeah. of this disease yeah mm-hmm. it's and you you feel crappy about it but you just can't help you you know you feel helpless yeah That's so hard. i i i wonder you know i don't know how i'm going to be in five years are you sure you're on this ride for the next you know for the rest of our lives and he's yeah. like as as long as i can take it you know and yeah. so that's frightening um not knowing Why? if not, it's going to get worse yeah it's the unknown is hard yeah i think um from what i've been aware of though is that a lot of times it seems to taper off as people age that doesn't mean you don't have the episodes but like as people the age, intensity the intensity of the cycles tend to get less and less likely because after menopause you have less of the hormonal shifts mm-hmm. and um, men's testosterone levels, men's drop, testosterone levels drop but i mean it, it's each person is very individual i'm sure you've always known that um it's interesting you mentioned the depression like and like guilt helps you get out because i've always told my clients like whatever is the most motivating emotion but that's as easily connected to it so anger is actually a really great motivator and so if all you have to do is just get pissed at yourself sometimes it works so just get sometimes somebody, guilt works get somebody to throw something get some, at you i know it sounds Piss silly no don't really have somebody throw things at her but like it's easier to access angry emotions right. or mean emotions than it is to do positive or motivation. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get any of that when you're depressed. No, no. feel the opposite of that. Like, <laughs> oh, let's go dancing. <laughs> no, you want to burn everything to the ground. Yeah. yeah. So maybe burn things. No. No, don't do no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> no. That is not my clinical suggestion, by the way. <laughs> we just make jokes. <laughs> so you you kind of seem to know your kind of ups and downs you kind of noticed a pattern so it's like once a year it's a cycle in the fall you know it i i think it's a kind of a, a continuum like mm-hmm. and it's a and it's a cycle um i went through bankruptcy this summer mm. um because i'd be manic and just buy a bunch of stuff on credit cards and um i so i went to rehab this summer and i got um I went through bankruptcy, so I got yeah, a lot hard. done this summer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, accomplished quite a bit. But it, it usually goes to like hypersexualization and money, alcoholism. Uh, those three are the big ones. Yeah, and uh, self injury is usually kind of thrown in there. Yeah. So do you normally have? So you, your therapist said you had like a year long one. It's just con- continuous um, with the hypersexualization. Yeah. That was just. It, it lasts. Is it gone now? It that that constant, constant that miserable extreme. feeling. Extreme is gone. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Good. Well, that's good. I, there, is, he, there is a thing, uh, persistent general arousal disorder. When you were talking about it, I was thinking about it. It almost that sounded like that, especially like, if you're lubricating. There can be a neurological um, problem where like the nerves get miswired, and like there are women who suddenly develop like this inability to, to like. It's like you'll even masturbate, but you're still horny, and you'll masturbate, and you're still horny. You'll have sex, and you're still horny, and like. That sounds so, awful. Well, yeah. So I was like, whoa, was it that? But then you said it went away. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe so, it was linked to the Now you know stuff. what it's like to be a teenage boy. Now you know. 
like, I'm so horny. There's boobs everywhere. There are. No, I can't imagine being a man and mm-hmm. constantly being in a state of arousal. Just yeah, because... it's terrible. <laughs> it is one of the hardest, because when you're like 15, 14 and a guy, it's always hard as a rock. Like a, a beautiful girl walks by. She could be wearing like a nun's outfit it doesn't matter it's hard (laughs) it doesn't matter like just a whiff of a perfume yeah (laughs) like it really and then you're in class so like everybody's around you you're like i'm Uh, just gonna sweatpants yeah (laughs) Uh. it's a good fix we had baggy pants when i was a teenager so that was was kind of the fad yeah yeah the jinkos yeah yeah you even know the ones yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know and i i found myself um reaching out and um, propositioning uh, my husband's friends that I thought were, you know, leading me on. And I, I, I misjudged some cues mm-hmm. and that blew up in my face. Uh, yeah. So, I, so it, it was without your husband's knowledge? Yeah. And I then see. he's like, you know what? You tell him or I'm going to tell him. So I had to call him right then and there, right after my proposal got shut down. I, I'm like, do you want to, um, you know, video chat and masturbate together and mm-hmm. and he was like whoa so so i had to tell my husband and yeah. that was really awkward yeah for for a while with that friend but i mean he yeah that has to be an awkward my husband <laughs> yeah kind of educated him on on my disorder so i see oh so he advocated for you which was yeah maybe helpful did, did you guys like lose that friend or are you still friends oh with we still we, we still hang out with them and right. so, so so you're you kind of have an open relationship? No. It's, no? What no, would you call it? Those who I'm a little confused. play together, stay together right. is our motto. Okay. So we both have to be on the same page and mm-hmm. we both have to be on board. So is it more like swinging? Less yeah. polyamory, more yeah. swinging. Yeah. Okay. So like that with, makes sense. With his, the friend, like if you had gone to your husband and said, hey, I want to video chat with him, like is that kind of how you do it or is it? Um. Like, would that have we, been a... we would we would seek it out together i see and because he's he's bisexual as well mm-hmm. and so you know he may be interested in a guy at one point and you know he'll be you know he's like hey is this okay and mm-hmm. i'm like yeah yeah have, have a good time i'm happy for him and mm-hmm. i'll you know we used to go to bars and i would always pick up a chick and just make out with them bathroom i'd go tell my husband like I just, I just made out with a chicken, a beautiful girl in the bathroom, and you know, he's like, "Good job, honey." Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So then, with the video chat, like, what's different about that side? Because I didn't tell him you because tell it him. was behind his back, and mm-hmm. I didn't want him to know. Why? Because I was ashamed that I was attracted to his friend I and see. embarrassed. So is that kind of a boundary you guys have where it's like, don't go after each other's friends? Mm, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Just, it's, yeah, I'm it's trying to understand. Yeah. We're trying to figure out the rules. Like, what are the rules okay. of the game? Okay. Because everybody's different, is, right? Right. Yeah. Um, those who play together, stay together. It's mm-hmm. our motto. Um, we have to be in the same room mm-hmm. of whatever's going on. Oh, okay. You're always in the same room if you're... Yes. Even if, if you're, you're having sex with somebody and he's watching or vice versa. You won't do separate Or, you know, we're both, um, you know, we're swinging and, but same room. So mm-hmm. we can kind of. Okay. So you can kind of check like, in. Oh, yeah. Okay. I you won't go on there. dates with other people no, alone. No. Yeah. I'm not allowed to do that with his, you know, yeah. I'm a cheater. So. Mm-hmm. So the way you're trying to hold yourself in check. Yes. Okay. Right. That makes sense. Hmm. All right. Are there any other rules to it? Um. Being safe, always wearing condoms, have mm-hmm. to be okay. safe. Yeah, I would think that would be a good one. But for anybody interested, 
condoms. They're good things. <laughs> Don't switch them. Oh my gosh, I saw I saw some story where these two guys um, shared the same condom and they each impregnated the other person's girlfriend accidentally because oh. they turned it inside out. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> it was really dumb. <laughs> so you guys. New Are condoms you for each partner. This is a real story. I just found You can't just fun. turn it inside out and knock the jizz off. <laughs> so like he, he impregnated her girlfriend and he impregnated the other guy's girlfriend. It was just the craziest thing because there's jizz on the condom. It's <laughs> so funny. So, so you wow. know, new condoms buy a whole box. <laughs> They're cheaper than childcare. Yeah, they yes. really... Oh, a lot cheaper than childcare. Oh, yeah. Goodness. <laughs> we have a daughter and it is expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It That's being funny. the daughter, or no child care. It was in reference to child care. Not you're the, not but calling our daughter. Too. They an say it. you like spend what like a million dollars on say. your kid across their lifetime. So, are there any other rules? <laughs> Traveling back. Um, those those are pretty much the basic mm-hmm. rules. Um, you know, we we both have to approve. Okay. Other than that, like you know, penetration's fine, kissing's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, using toys is fine, mm-hmm. just as long as... As long as you're around each other. Yeah. It's more of you're doing it as a part of your marriage, yeah. not outside your marriage. No, no. So <clears throat> that part of our relationship is, you know, is, is together, mm-hmm. but I still feel this this need to want to step out and get my own, you know? So, I mean, have you talked to him about trying to, like, change up your rules? Because you're struggling with... It sounds like you struggle with it often. Like, how yeah. many times have you... Gone Stepped outside yeah. the marriage in yeah. the relationship. Yeah, without his approval. Yeah, like fifty times. Oh wow! In fifteen years, yeah. Well, yeah. then, yeah. I mean, really, you already do it. Yeah. The the difference is the difference is you're hiding it. I I think like yeah, but like I, I've heard, and it's not for everybody. I've heard stories. We had other guests who like they have a marriage where if they want to do something with somebody else, that's fine. They just let the other person know. And they yeah. follow their rules and do all that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, they if you're already jealousy, and she was really right. open about that. I appreciated that because she's like, the, to even to do that, they had to like get over some challenges. You know, mm-hmm. like when he, her partner would go and be with another couple, like he would just spend a weekend with them, and she had to just say, okay, she'll pro- he'll probably come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just try the same thing, yeah. you know. And eventually, it worked out for them, and they're still doing it now. You yeah. know, where they can just have their own partner separate. Um, but they have, they said they have to renegotiate, negotiate, renegotiate the rules and make sure that they're okay with things. I don't know if they have to approve or not. They might've, I don't remember. (laughs) They're more just open and they just let each other know what's going on. So if somebody's uncomfortable with it, they can say, no, I don't, I don't like that. Or if they don't like the person they're getting involved Mm -hmm. with, that seemed to be their rule. Well, see, I've worked with a lot of poly couples and sometimes people like, so like, um, so just because people are open doesn't mean they're necessarily conservative or liberal. They can fall all across the gamut. Oh, yeah. And so what's funny is sometimes if people are on one side of the political spectrum and their partner is interested in somebody on the other side, they they're like, how could you want to have sex with this how person? How dare you? They voted for Trump. That's <laughs> totally it. It's totally it like that, too. And yeah. they'll be like, well, it's just because I find them hot and I just want to bang a, a hillbilly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've had that said before. <laughs> We're like... Well, why can't it just be for like a hot stuff and not like because you care about them as a political person? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Enough about politics. Enough yeah. about so politics. You, uh, yeah. You'd say it happens every year almost? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm ashamed to say it, 
Uh, I mean, you and, just, it's being honest with yourself is the best and, thing. And my girlfriends are like, do you feel bad? Do you ever feel bad? I'm like, not really. I, no. I, I, you don't regret it afterward? No. No? No, I, I feel satisfied. And yeah. I feel like my needs got met and that I had a really great time and had some amazing sex. and You enjoyed it. Yeah, it's like, you know, going out to a nice dinner, you know, yeah. it, it enhances your life a little bit. But you're yeah. also in a semi-monogamous relationship? So. Well, pretty pretty much monogamous. Pretty much, but you'll um, play together. Yes. So that's just... Has he ever been unfaithful? I doubt it. You doubt it? Mm. I doubt it. Mm. He's very straight up kind of... Yeah, guy Very might, loyal. He might be good at hiding it. You never know. You know, <laughs> I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty, pretty. People, bad some people are. Some they're people just, are. They're just more. True. They're better at like <laughs> compartmentalizing their at life. And yeah. you know what? I there's a part mm-hmm. of me that that kind of wishes that he is mm-hmm. kind of getting his own because mm-hmm. uh, I know he's bisexual and I know that he's been with other men before, um, especially when we we had a, a break um, mm-hmm. when we were dating, and I know he was with another man and. I know, I know he's, you know, not, not wanting to have a relationship with a man, but mm-hmm. sometimes that's just something he enjoys. And mm-hmm. so I, so I he'll do gay. that off on his own. I don't know. I've, I, he's never alluded to, or I've never found any evidence of him stepping out. And mm-hmm. I really, mm-hmm. I really don't think he has. And if he has, I, it's not a problem with me. Yeah. It's just, well, if he did, then maybe be like, could we change this now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, please have sex with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only teasing, but like, you know, I mean, maybe that is the case is that you really like to have lots of sexual partners. Like this person that we're referring to, which is an old guest, they're actually sex workers. There's two or three of them that have been on the show now. And so as a part of their job, they just get to have sex with a lot of people. Now, yeah. I mean, there's some rules involved with that, but like, I think it helped. They had some hypersexuality too, and it was a way. We're not saying you. Should we're do not that. saying you have. No, this is no. I'm just talking. Clarify. About them. I'm like, not going to be a sex that's worker. That's what no, they did, and all. it seemed to help. But I don't know. You know, it'd be hard to be a sex worker and to, you know, <laughs> to have a professional to life. To be too. monogamous and be a sex worker. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. a little harder. Yeah. But anyway, okay, ma'am. not talking about them. No, I know we're talking to her. Yeah. So any other questions or final yes. thoughts on this one? Oh, yeah, I want to keep going as long oh, as you're okay. Try me. That's All right, okay. cool. Let's ask So more. how do you deal with the fallout when he does? How does he normally find out? Um, I, yeah, you know, stop trying to end it. I'm, I'm messy. <laughs> I'm messy. Um, one time his friend found um, my my post on a website. Okay. And his friend kind of ratted me out. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know it was you? Because I have some identifying tattoos. I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, right. so, um, I, emails, he would check my emails when he would, would get suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he, he's really good at his job and part of his job is to, to find things out. Mm-hmm. So okay. if, if he's an investigator kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but that's no way to live your life. I'm like, just a bad liar. Yeah. And, um, he's good at finding them. Yeah. So, yeah. and when he, you know, when he does find it, he you know he's he sits me down and he's just straight up, let's have a conversation about this. And I never deny it when he confronts me. I'm just like, yeah, that's what's been going on. Hmm. And last time he found out, he <clears throat> um, he was like, okay, we're going. You you need to get a pregnancy test and an STD test. So I called Planned Parenthood and he went with me and. Mm-hmm. 
got STD tests and sure pregnancy tests right then and there. Yeah. And uh, he he basically gave me a little bit of an ultimatum, like yeah. this this has got to stop. You know, you got you you need to do A, B, and C. Yeah. In order for for me to stay stay in this marriage, so that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I struggle with. Yeah. Do you think it'll happen again? Yeah. 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 How do you think that'll work out? Um, pretty crappy. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll 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 devastate him. Yeah. Because I'm I'm not getting better. Yeah. That I'm not learning from my mistakes. Yeah. Um. That's hard. Yeah. I like I said I feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's sad when you f- feel bad for your partner because of the ha- things that you are doing mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. It's hard cuz you can't choose who you love and you love each other. So yeah. does does the um cheating normally happen when you're more in that manic phase you were talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, be careful this month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, and- if as you're going into fall cuz that's when you never know it might pop up. Yeah, no, it's he he can usually tell when um, the the wheel starts to turn. Yeah, when you start uh, to go toward that side. Mm-hmm. What are the what are the things he notices? Um, back when I was drinking, I would I would drink more. Mm-hmm. I'd be um, a little snippier. Yeah, argumentative, um, defensive about little things. Um, uh, you know, sleeping the whole day. Yeah, and wasting the day away excessive crying you know just being very emotionally sensitive mm-hmm. does the stepping out is it linked to the alcohol like do you drink when you tend to step out or are you sober or does it really matter pretty sober you do sober. sober okay so i was curious because i know some people go one way or the other on that okay it's a fully conscious decision <laughs> yeah okay oh, how, when you're making that decision how do you re- like rationalize that because like a moment ago you said you know you might lose them if you do it again but what goes through your head when you're in that spot? It's a very delusional sense of entitlement mm-hmm. where I have these physical needs that need to be met and you're not meeting them. Mm-hmm. I love you and I don't want to lose you, mm-hmm. but I deserve this because this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through this. I need this. And it's a very selfish entitlement thing. Yeah. So, um, and it's it's messed up, you know. And because to your to you at that moment, that all makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's logical to you to feel that sense of entitlement, that sense of yeah, I should get what I want. Yeah. But then later on, you do you can look back and say, oh, I was kind of being selfish. Yeah. You usually, you know, much later. Much later. <laughs> much yeah, not like that. Oh yeah, with anything. time definitely. And a lot of times, whenever I'm confronted, mm-hmm. otherwise it's just. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. In my head and just looking back on it and being like, that was awesome. So really, if you don't get caught, then it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's what needs to happen. (laughs) No. Just kidding. No, not advocating for that. We're definitely not advocating (laughs) for cheating. So I I mean, I I don't mean to talk about it so much, but it's just kind of something that's that's really uh, a big problem. And the... The, the bipolar and, and sex, just, they're a bad combination. <laughs> well, and I've heard that from other clients, too, that, like, with the manic phase comes a lot of hypersexuality. But then for some of my clients with the depressive phase, no sex. Like, they literally just drop off when mm-hmm. it comes to it. But they also drop off with things like chores or, 
doing things, sometimes even going to work. Or even know? doing things they found that made them happy. Just before. anything. Yeah. Anything, anything at all. Episode. You're like, nothing like, will make me happy. Because it feels like a heavy weight or like yeah. being in a cave or a cloud. Those are like the phrases people use yeah. for me. I don't know. Yeah. What, what would you describe it as? Just just escape, wanting to escape mm-hmm. and just not. You kind of feel cornered? Yeah, just wanting to not deal, not not have to feel anything. Just you just want to, to run off into the forest. And, and yeah, sleep. and just feel nothing. Yeah. I just want to feel nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sleeping is a re- really good way of doing that. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, prescription medicine helps knock you out. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that's a good thing. It's just. No. <laughs> it does the trick at the time. Yeah. So you're talking about. Um, in those moments, you feel like you're not having your needs met. How often do you and your husband have sex? Typically, once a week on Sunday mornings. Yeah, that's it. But the sex is always good. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's always, you know, I always climax at least twice. You know, the sex is great. We do different positions. You know, he's he um, is very giving and mm-hmm. a, a great lover. Mm-hmm. But, but he just, only wants to have sex once a week. Was that ever different? Oh, yeah. When, I mean, when we first started dating, that was like 15 years ago, and mm-hmm. he's 15 years older. And, sure. You know, I don't, I don't know if you know this as a sex therapist, if women actually go through like a sexual prime or a sexual high. In their 30s. 35. Yeah. It's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mention it because so the woman's um, sexual prime is right around 35 and the men's is 17, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And so theirs is this big high there followed by this like slow decline across mm-hmm. their lives, which is why we started to create Viagra actually because they had wives while they're here who are like, I need to bang yeah, all there. the time. Yeah. What are you doing? And so it's funny. A lot of women have said to me, I'm very disappointed now that I've come into myself. He's like just not as interested anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's hard though, because I mean, people do have to come up with compromises. I mean, and as you get older, you get aches and pains. It yeah. makes it more difficult. Like, we even, uh, if you're yeah, okay whatever. with it, like, we even had a time where we were only having sex once a week in our marriage. And like, we've recently done a reorganization of that where it's like, <laughs> let's get more fun and try yeah. new things and get out oh, there. Yeah. And, and my desire level is always higher than her. So that's always. Was, but at that time, your, your desire level was lower. That's correct. Um, due to medications and stuff and pain yeah, and all kinds lots of, of stuff. stuff. <laughs> lots of stuff. But I remember, like, um, I think throughout people's lives, you can go up and down. People change up. Um, usually, it's important to just kind of always have conversations with each other and try to come up with middle grounds. Like, one time a week is, I guess, pretty good. That's but usually, I encourage couples to shoot for two to three if they can. But mm-hmm. it is average. That yeah, is true. About one the a week is average. It's about once a week. Yeah. Um, I I think once a week is you know compared to you know you always hear about the this you know the couples that have sex maybe once a month and they and they have these kids and they never have time and they're stressed out and yeah you are above average compared to those people and there's quite a few people like the sex starved marriage is just ten times a year or less. And I have plenty of those. <laughs> That's awful. It is. No. It is and awful. I th- and I, I think wouldn't... I'm awful with once a week. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. Well, it's all a matter of perspective, right. really, right. you know? Yeah. You just have a higher desire level. And it's and it's always, you know, I you know, I lost my virginity when I was thirteen and mm-hmm. was having sex all throughout high school and just always been been into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I I met my husband when I was nineteen and so I can't imagine being in your twenties, being a 
me as a single 20-something, I would probably have an STD by now because I would just fuck everything. I scream everything and everything. Sure. You know? And I, that would be terrifying having sex that much in your 20s and knowing that there's so many STDs out there. And, you know, St. Louis isn't, you know. Yeah. It's got its, you know, population limits. So. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean population? Well, just like. You can't. You can only have sex with so many people before you run out of people. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. You can only have so many sexual <laughs> like partners out of that don't have an STD I see. or yeah. have had sex with an STD or someone right. with an STD. Just I, I, I see people as like sexual webs. Mm-hmm. You know, you have sex with this person, but they have a whole web of other sexual right. partners. Sure. And mm-hmm. then you have, you know, they have their sexual sure. partners. And so it just webs and out. If, right. And if they have an STD, it might come to you. Well, and there's yeah. higher rates here in St. Louis because of abstinence only programming, which doesn't help protect people from STDs. Yeah. Uh, no, condoms do. Condoms do. Yeah. Birth control doesn't, though, to put the real information out. Birth control can prevent pregnancy, well, not Condom STDs. is a type of birth control. No, I know. I'm just talking about, like, the pills. Because, like, some people... I mean, <clears throat> you never know. People might be listening and not know the difference. So condoms yeah. can prevent some STDs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but if it breaks, then it would definitely not do that. <laughs> and oral doesn't prevent it. Like, Yeah, nope. oral doesn't prevent it. You can still get it. herpes mm-hmm. through the mouth mm-hmm. and others. Yeah. And anal, too. Yeah. If people are practicing anal, if you're not using condoms... Um, you can also do it that way. Like sometimes when people are religious, they'll try sex in different unique ways, like with oral or anal, because they're like, well, it's not the virginity. We can keep this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they don't realize that they can still get uh, diseases the other ways. Right. So yep. just food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Angela's PSAs for the day. <laughs> she always has a PSA. She always I just has want something. people to know the information so they can be safe. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> So going forward, you think think it'll happen again, or are you really trying to fight against that? I'm really trying to fight right now. Yeah, Um, having these these conversations Mm -hmm. with him, and you know, we fight about, um, but just letting him know that you know I'm miserable, and he he's like I I hate that you have to go through this. You know, it's got to suck for you having to deal with this, but. What he does is stressful, and so, he, you know, to have to come home to a bipolar wife who wants to have mm-hmm. sex, and he's just like, I just want to relax, it's stressful on him, too. Yeah. So it's a coin toss. It really is. And I'm not going to stop trying. Have you tried? So you haven't really tried marriage therapy at all. No. It just. So, you know, we're advocates for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We've there, done marriage therapy. There's yeah, almost a, I mean, it's, there's it, almost it a really, conflict of interest. Why? Um, because of his field? Yes. Well, but I'm She's in the a field. therapist. I'm a therapist. Do you know what it's like to be in a room with two therapists? Oh, ah! it's very overwhelming. <laughs> My wife and the other therapist. You don't yeah. stand a chance. No. I, so, had, we had, I had to find a new one. The first one wasn't good for me. It because... was good for him to pick instead of me because, mm-hmm. you know, that made him feel a little bit more in control of the situation. He also mm-hmm. met with a therapist before he met with me in the room and it seemed to work better that way. Yeah. Um, I try as a therapist to pick people outside of my license. So I'm an LMFT and it's easy to pick somebody out of my license because the LMFT is a very small community, which is the licensed marriage therapists, whereas everybody else is LPC, LCSW. Um, so that's, that's one way I have tried to like at least put some distance, but really, I mean, I'm an advocate for marriage therapy. I think yeah. we've learned a lot and sometimes, you know, just cause you know the skills, that doesn't mean you know how to actually use them no, and be good all. in a relationship and it's okay. Not 
not at all. Yeah. I think it's good to own that. Like, I'm not perfect in relationships. Nobody teaches you how to be in one. Mm-mm. And no. you're, you're... My you're, parents were divorced when I was young. My yeah. parents divorced too. As were mine. Yeah. And that was one of my goals in life. That's one of the reasons. We're high-fiving divorce. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, because it's like saying like what you're yeah. saying. You know, like who, who teaches you to have to be in a relationship? Nobody. Yeah. And, you know, one of my goals in life was to never get divorced. Mm-hmm. And I used to never want to get married. I didn't want to get married mm-hmm. when I was younger. And it just, it seemed right with him and you know i went into the marriage with the notion of never getting divorced we're gonna fight tooth and nail we were together eight years before we got married i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm in it Mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm not gonna give up on this i'm not gonna be like my parents and i'm not gonna be like this generation that you know if it doesn't work out just bail yeah yeah i'm not gonna be like that and i was just in a training this weekend and one the biggest factor that keeps couples together isn't necessarily if they're happy or if they're uh if they've had lots of problems or little problems it's actually their commitment their Mm -hmm. willingness to go through it all and do everything they can to be together or to go to marriage therapy Uh, i'm just it's just that sense (laughs) of we're gonna do this we're gonna figure it out regardless and I, i thought that was interesting so it's like okay yeah. I think we got that. Yeah. I have <laughs> Sounds no like idea. you've got that to your partner. She always too. gets a lot more out of therapy than I do. I do. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> I told them, uh, I was like, you don't play therapy correctly, honey. <laughs> I wasn't trained how to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's fine, though. I love you, babe. I love you. Aww. You're my favorite. You're mine, too. Aww. All right. <laughs> Okay, so I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. All right, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. All that information. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you. You know, I'm I'm hopeful, and I hope Mm -hmm. you know other women out there hear just like kind of a a very frank, you know, discussion about you know what I've been going through and what's going on. You you just never know. Um, As I'm a professional and. Mm At work, people at work would just never know yeah. about my manic and my infidelity. Because you hide that from... You just, yeah. you know, when you go to work, you you, you just put it on. And yeah. mm-hmm. there's this constant fear of finding out, like, you know, someone at work going to see our ad on Craigslist or, yeah. you know, find it, you know... Just yeah. finding out somehow because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a terrible liar. <laughs> so, well, and we don't put that face on at work, too. So, like, I think that's a really important thing for people listening to hear is that, you know, most marriages go through struggle and that's actually the norm in mm-hmm. marriage. And All so, I appreciate your willingness to kind of put that out there. Like, we don't see that on each other day to day. You just see kind of like the Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Or the what Facebook you're putting effect. out there for work. Right. And the yeah. reality is, marriage is hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah, so people, you know, <laughs> people censor their public image to yeah. people oh, yeah. other than their family. Yeah. So, is there any one last thing you'd want like people who are listening to hear or, like your message or something to them? Um, get help. Yeah. Because uh, we couldn't do it by ourselves. Uh, he's he's got some really close guy friends that he just he spills all the dirty details to, and mm-hmm. I got girlfriends that I just you know we and we talk through it with you know having that that the close Support. friends yeah. um, someone and <laughs> medication has, yes. has been amazing <laughs> yeah good. that's good all right well um, thank you so much for being yeah, on thank you for being us. here um what <laughs> so we want to do a little plug for your book that's oh, coming yeah, out sure. soon oh yeah it's healthy so, couples overcome infidelity you, tell us real quick, oh, yeah. you were actually a keynote speaker why don't you tell us a little bit about that okay well so i was a keynote speaker at the missouri mental health counselors association and it was mm-hmm. super fun everybody loved me it was awesome yeah <laughs> and i just talked about sex and like 
um, redefining sex with new rules. We actually did an episode a couple uh, weeks back talking about right. the rules. Um, so yeah, I spoke there, and then I also talked about my upcoming book and infidelity issues. So what's the book called? So the book is called Helping Couples Overcome Infidelity: A Therapist's Manual. And really, I just define. When does it come out? Um, it comes in January 2018. Cool. It just defines the different milestones that couples need to, at some point, address in order to really kind of move on from infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those include clarity for like unanswered questions or rebuilding trust and like specific ways to actually do that. How do you rebuild trust? <laughs> well, you have to have agreements that are spoken out loud. Yeah. That is one piece. Like I'll say, people will say to me, "Oh, we just need time to pass." But like, if you just let time pass, but you don't actually do any specific things then it's like well time will pass and you're still in pain yeah so um i get couples to like start to really specify their needs with each other and then once that's out there then they have opportunities to act on those needs whereas if the needs aren't specified then it's like okay nothing happens um and it's hard to go into all of them but it's like setting boundaries i'm just confused right now but (laughs) that's okay read the book you'll learn more sounds good i pre-ordered it that's great (laughs) thank you very much So uh, you can find us on iTunes or you can find us on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just check us out. Please leave a review on iTunes if you made it all the way through this episode. Come on, send a review. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you for being here so much. Absolutely.